Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Street Text, where you can run Facebook ads that actually work. They're ready to go Facebook ads that include landing pages, text message assistance through AI, drip emails, capture forms, and best practices. Join Street Text at streettext.com. Okay, Lab Code Agents, welcome back for another episode of the Lab Code Agents Podcast. And today, you get quite the treat here. It's almost like a rags-to-riches story, so to speak. And what I mean by that is we're talking to a past and a former life window cleaner who uh, grew a YouTube channel to millions of views, even got, even got found uh, by a network TV station uh, and had a few maybe seconds of fame, but that's enough for me as far as I'm concerned, took that success and moved over into the real estate investment world where he is now making an excess of a million dollars per year just from real estate investing. He's now evolved it into coaching and teaching people how to be the masters of finding investment properties. And obviously, that is an easy topic to discuss with our audience. And frankly, Zach, Uh, A lot of realtors are not as much of an expert on this as you might think. And so there's so much opportunity for them to take so much from this conversation today. So welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Zach Booth. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here, excited to add as much value to the listeners as I can. It was great. I don't don't think there's any doubt. And so Zach, with with that said, uh, let's... let's, uh, Let's tell our audience about who you are, like how you've come up through business. I've already teased it a little bit, but let's hear the story. Let's let's go back to your window cleaning days, or even before then, if it's if it's uh, relevant. Uh, and tell yeah. our, tell our audience about yourself. Yeah, so I grew up humble circumstances, right? No rich family members, pretty simple stuff. My dad and mom raised me good. I think I, I really respect them for what they did. They taught me to work, so I started working when I was eleven. Um, I had multiple jobs until I'd hit 17 and I was sick of working for other people by then. So I started my first business and it was window cleaning. And uh, I just wanted to make my own money. And I remember the first bid I did for 30 bucks. I was so excited because I could put gas in my truck. And, and then I remember the first bid, bid for a hundred bucks. I could pay for my cell phone bill and, and you know, get some more equipment. And, um, you know, that's kind of my entrepreneurial story. And then from there, I've never worked for anyone ever since. So that's kind of how I got into window cleaning. And then my story around window cleaning, you kind of touched on it. It's something that I grew for about a decade. I got to the point where I had three trucks, um, 12 employees. And I started a YouTube channel for the sheer fact to teach my, my, my employees. It was a, basically a tutorial place where I could just, all my new hires, I got sick of one-on-one coaching everyone on how to be fast and how to be efficient and I created some videos and they went viral. Uh, I think one has like eight and a half million views now. I actually since purchased the YouTube channel back because I've sold the window cleaning company. And, um, you know, I ended up on the history channel. They did some, some section on YouTube and the phenomenon of YouTube and they used some of my clips and stuff. I got paid like a hundred bucks. It wasn't a big deal, but, but it was uh, kind of crazy. I never expected that to happen. But the thing with, with the window cleaning, it was great, but it wasn't financial freedom. You know, like I felt like the more jobs I did, the more I, more employees I got, the less I made. Well, I didn't feel like that. It actually was happening, right? And I was struggling. I was struggling paycheck to paycheck. I had some debt. 
remember one of the most special days of my life, uh, my, the day my son was born, I was so worried about paying the bill that I didn't get to enjoy it. And, and like still to this day, it breaks my heart. Right. And I see pictures from that day and I see the stress on my face and it's like, man, like if I'd have known what I know now, you know, <laughs> like if I'd have known the path that I know now and, uh, and not only that, like window cleaning, I was risking my life. I literally was like, I was climbing crazy ladders and terrible positions. Uh, you know, I had, I got a Facebook notification the other day that from five years ago, I'm on a flagpole clear up there, like 30, 40 feet feeding the line through the pulley system to get the flag up for 50 bucks, yeah. you know? <laughs> and it's like, and I posted like, I hope my mom doesn't see this as a joke, thought it was super funny. But now I look back and it like makes me sick to my stomach. I had a family to take care of. And I think a lot of people have similar stories. You know, they're not satisfied. They're not fulfilled. They're taking chances they're, and they're not compensated to what they should be. Yeah. And so like, that's kind of what pushed me, even though it was from the outside looking in. Yeah. I had a lot of a lot of fame around window cleaning. I, I was making money. I had employees. I had trucks. But but not but I didn't have success not truly not what I wanted I wanted more yeah so I love it and you know one of one of the things I took from that that is probably the most relevant thing uh, to our audience is well beyond the, the the just not succeeding part because there's a lot of that in real estate as as you know as as there are within any career yeah. uh, but what I loved about what you did with YouTube is something that's so applicable. Uh, to really any business. And like you said, you didn't grow a YouTube channel or grow, you know, create videos to go viral. You created them as a means to teach uh, your employees. And um, think about that, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Real Estate Agent who are listening right now. I mean, imagine if you're wanting to grow a team or you're wanting to educate your audience using YouTube as that platform uh, to create content that could in essentially make you, you know, semi-famous, which is kind of the, at the end goal here, right? I mean, we're growing brands in real estate. Um, that's interesting. And so when, when you started it, was that your only intent was to just create 100%. content? That's it. hundred percent. Yeah. And I, like, I remember I had one video on hard water removal and I didn't put what the cleaner was cause I didn't think anybody would give a crap. Right. And I had people like, like hundreds of comments. I mean, some of those videos have like 20 something thousand comments. It's bonkers, but I was having comments like what, what idiot doesn't put the type of the cleaner and links. Right. And now I have links in all those channels and get commissions and crap off of, off of supplies, which is kind of fun. Right. Just money coming in from past work that I did that I never expect to get paid on. But, but anyways, like, you had mentioned like these YouTube channels for these agents. You guys got to realize that whatever you give in this life, it comes back. There's a universal law that if you want to get anything, you have to first give it. And so when you create anything, it's all about how can I help that other people, that other person? How can I get on this podcast and, and help and promote and teach and, and add value? Because, because ultimately no one cares about who you are. They don't care what your name is. They don't care where you come from. They don't care about your story unless it affects their life, unless it improves and blesses their lives. And so when you create a YouTube channel, a Facebook page, any type of promotional social media platform, it has to be all about how can I add so much value here that people can't turn it off. Yes. That's what yes. it has to be about. And that's what accidentally happened with that YouTube channel is I was adding value, but it ended up like I was adding value to the mom and pop in Ireland. I mean, I think I have, because the, the algorithms, I think I have like 40 countries that are watching my videos. 
literally. How long ago was this? I think three years ago. It's called Window Cleaning Ventures. If you guys want to see it, you can go in there and check it out. But I'm going to start uploading more videos, like I said, just just because. Well, I think it's it's probably evolved from where it was just a few years ago to where it is today in terms of just making money on a channel for creating content. I imagine that has evolved probably pretty dramatically from even where it was a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I just recently purchased it back from the people I sold the company to because they weren't doing anything and it just went viral and they're making some money off ad revenue, but they weren't continuing to add videos or value and that kind of stuff. I love it. I love it. And, and the reason why I bring this up and, you know, obviously we want to get into the real estate investing piece of this, but uh, is because, you know, we have, there, there are some real estate agents that literally make their entire business around YouTube. Uh, whether it's creating content around a community, around uh, just a certain a, a certain content genre or 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 niche, or all just about real estate, or you know whatever it is, and it is such a powerful tool that even though it's been around for a long time, it's in relative infancy in terms of business, right? It's just really starting to spike, and um, I think this is fascinating. So mention mention the, the channel again. I'd like for people to have that so they can go check it out. It's called Window Cleaning Ventures. Window Ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. You might get a little spike. Maybe we'll get you a little spike there um, mm. of, of, some, of some nosy neighbors trying to check things out. So right. you went from, you know, window cleaning, uh, you know, struggling to find your way to millions of views on YouTube, to the History Channel, to, okay, how in the heck did you segue over to real estate investing? Yeah. So I had that pain point, right? That like just struggling financially. I wanted to provide a better life for my family, which 99.9% of the people that have families, that's their thought process. How do I add value to my family? How do I add value? value? So I started listening to books, reading pod, or, or listening to podcasts, reading books, listening to books while I was out washing, right? Pretty mundane tasks, cleaning. Um, I did a lot of office work, but I was out washing a lot because every time someone called in sick, I was out there. So every time I got a chance to wash, I was, I was educating myself. And I learned about something called wholesaling. And I know this is something that a lot of real estate agents don't like, um, but I'll talk about why that's a mistake and how you can add value there. But anyways, I learned about wholesaling and it was something that I could start in because I didn't have to have a lot of money to get started in the real estate game. And I paid $10,000 for my first guru, never did a deal, extremely painful, extremely frustrating, asked for my money back, didn't get it back. And I kind of I felt like all of them were just con artists and didn't really help or add value. They just were selling information, right? Which, which is what it was. That's what my first quote, 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 course was, was just a bunch of information. I just felt more overwhelmed than when I first started. And then a few years went by, I got the courage to uh, hire another mentor. I paid $9,000 for that course. And uh, most of the stuff's going on credit cards too, by the way, like this was not, this was not money I had laying around. <laughs> And my wife, what an angel, believing in me, believing in my, my hard work and, and my desire to take care of our family and uh, love her so much, respect her so much. Anyways, a few months after that, I did my first deal. I signed a purchase contract for $10,000 and it was proof of concept. Still very much in the red, but it, but it made me realize that like there's two types of sellers, right? It's just like a, it's just like a pawn shop, right? People sell crap to a pawn shop because they the, they don't want to deal with it. They want the convenience. They want to be done with it. Right. And so a lot of these agents, you know, this is like pocket listings. You'll have people that come to you and you're like, Hey, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to show it. I don't want to deal with it. Can you get me a cash offer now? Right. And so agents can go do pocket listings and they have their, their real estate investors in their back pocket. And that's good. But as a real estate investor, your goal is to find those people before the agents there. So you can 
you can negotiate your own terms, right? For seller finance, or you can negotiate your exact pricing. You can, you can big, be create way more creative with, with negotiations and speed of, of negotiations and so forth. And so, you know, when I, when I got that first deal, I knew I had to find more ways to find more motivated sellers, more people that wanted speed and convenience for their property that they wanted a pawn shop for their house. Right. And something happened where I, I was having this, this problem, but I had this aha moment. So what happened was I showed up to this, this, this lead, this deal, and it was a complete eyesore to the neighborhood, complete headache. And like the situation was outrageous. Like the stepdad had bought the house for his stepdaughter. Stepdaughter got married to this crackhead. They lost their kids to, you know, to the state, like just huge problems, do it, cooking meth in there. And the guy's like, dude, I don't want to evict them because then I got family problems. I got problems with my wife, like just buy it and you deal with it. Right. And it's like, huh, if someone has a thorn in their side, right. A house that's a thorn in their side, they're not going to take care of it. So I started driving around. Right. And I didn't know it at the time. That's a normal thing, driving for dollars. I didn't know what it was, but I, I perfected that system and that first 12 months of doing that, I generated just shy of a half a million dollars. And, and I was shocked. You know, I was blown away because going from window cleaning to being able to, you know, pick up some rentals and put a half a million dollars in my pocket, like I was, I was blown away. It was life-changing, you know, and I was able to travel with my family. I, I went to Alaska, you know, I'd always dreamed of that. I'm a major outdoorsman. I started going to Alaska and I took my wife to Hawaii and you know, it, it just complete 180 in my life, yeah. complete 180. So let's, let's dive a little bit deeper on, on your strategies for creating this success. I mean, you know, what would you attribute it to more specifically? And you kind of, you kind of were vague about how it worked, but what, what, what's the advice that you would give to a, an investor or B a realtor who frankly has an opportunity to be their own investor or be their own wholesaler. So why not? Yeah. So also with, with agents, I know most of these people listening are agents is, you know, you don't have to necessarily go out and do this, but if you can find other wholesalers, right? Someone like me, that's like doing all this marketing, I mean, tens of thousands of dollars a month in marketing now, not, not when I first started, but we're producing way more leads that need to go retail than we are wholesale. So if you're not building relationships with these, these wholesalers, with these investors, they have leads that the seller just wants to list it and get top dollar. And if, if the investor's smart and good, they'll go, okay, yeah, that's fine. Good luck. Good. God bless you. Here's, a, here's an awesome agent if you don't have one, right? You need to be that agent that he's referring, right? So, uh, but for you listeners that were wanting to find your own investments that yeah, maybe you're an agent, but you want to pick up some rentals or yes, you're an agent, but you want to do some flips or you have someone that will do the flips for you. Like everyone has, you know, this is a relationships business. Everyone knows someone. So if you can get good at finding these discounted properties, these, these non-listed like 50 cents on the dollar type opportunities, there's endless ways to make money with them. Right. And so it, what I did, like I said, is I was driving around and finding these ugly houses. Now, what I have is I have someone that drives for me and we have an app that we use. It's called uh, Deal Machine. You can get it in the app store and you can get a discount if you use my discount code PIN, P-I-N. Pretty clever, right? P-I-N. <laughs> but uh, anyways, use that discount code. You get two months free on the route tracking. I don't want to get too far into that, but use the discount code to get an awesome discount. Um, but we drive around, we add 2000 properties 
every single week to that marketing list. And then we reach out to them through uh, postcards and, and texting and cold calling. And we ask them if they want to sell. If they want to sell, we then qualify them. Is this a retail lead or is this an investor opportunity? And if it's retail, we push it to our agent who has his own team and does his thing. Or if it's, uh, you know, we send it to our acquisitions team if, if that's the situation. So it's a pretty simple process. I have a webinar where I go into like real good depth on how that works and what we're doing. Um, so they can go to my website and get access to that if they want to see that as well. And then I talk about my YouTube channel and, and in other places as well. So let's talk about, let's talk about the two different pieces of this one. Uh, when somebody's just starting out and they're just doing the driving around themselves, what is the strategy? I mean, are you, what are you looking for? Uh, what are you looking for in a home? And then when you find what you're looking for, what do you do? Yeah. So you're looking for any signs of neglect, right? Because the psychology is if someone has a house that that's a thorn in their side, they're not going to fix the shingles that flew off. They're going to put a tarp up there. They're, they're not going to, they're not going to water the grass. They're not going to fix the sprinkler system. When it, so you're going to have dead lawns. You're going to have obvious physical signs. You're going to have garbage in the yard. You're going to have couches on the front porch. You're going to have, you know, the obvious ones, right? And I'm doing this in middle to lower income areas, right? Where there's more, more investment opportunity, right? More movement in the market. And then once you find those, it gets uploaded into Excel spreadsheet essentially for you through Deal Machine. And what does? The address? The addresses. So originally driving for dollars, you had to literally write down the address, go to the county's assessor's website, right? Look up the tax information, plug all the information in the Excel spreadsheet. It took hours upon hours to build a list of any size. And that's how I started. Now all you have to do is drive through the neighborhood, identify the house. And with the app, you push, you push a button, right? You, you, you say, I want that house. And it uploads all of that information for you on Excel spreadsheet very smoothly. So one driver, we're adding 2000 properties every single week, right? And you just couldn't do that before. I mean, it was outrageously expensive to try and build a list of any size. And once you do that, now, now what I have my students do, what I teach is then you got to reach out and see if they want to sell. My favorite strategy. First off, define a list of size. So, so a lot of it is consistency, right? So I tell my students a minimum of a hundred a week, a minimum. But, you know, I have students that are doing 2000 plus like I am, right? And that's, that's a lot more expensive. That's, that's a lot larger. But, it's, but if you don't have the budget, you start smaller and grow sure. your way up, right? Sure. So, but, but, but are, can, those, are those people, sorry to cut you off, are, the, are those, uh-huh. when, when you're looking for these homes though, I mean, what one person might see could be different from what another person could see. So, I mean, you could, you could essentially, you know, be grasping for straws essentially. Like, oh, oh, high grass, put them on the list. Oh, 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 they, they got a rough roof, put them on. Oh, oh, they got siding falling off, put them on the list. And then there's others that are like very strategically looking for like the couches on porches, which you're not going to see as many of, or the trash in yard. You're probably not going to see as much of that, but you are going to see neglect to homes. I mean, hell, I've been that homeowner that just, did, I just didn't take care of my grass because it was a nuisance, right? It wasn't because I wanted to sell. It wasn't because I was broke. I just was lazy. Let's just be honest. And so- what, what, what do you think? I mean, I guess I'm not even, I didn't even really identify the question here, but what is it that you're, I guess, what makes it more of a better lead at that point? Or is there such an indicator? Great questions. Great questions. So when I first started, I was only tagging properties that had like major obvious signs of neglect, 
boarded up windows, dead grass, like vacant, right? Obviously vacant problem, problem house. And I was doing one deal out of 500, but it would take me a month to just find 500 of them, right? Then I started playing and testing and looking at my actual numbers. And I could add, if if I picked anything that had any physical science and neglect, I could add way more in the same amount of time. I mean, I could four times it in the same amount of time. I was driving through the neighborhoods. I might as well try. So I started testing it. I was doing one deal out of 500, but I was only doing a deal a month. So then I increased or or lowered my criteria to any physical sign of neglect. And I was adding 2000 properties a week. And then I started doing a deal a week. So I was basically doing a deal out of every 2000 houses instead of out of 500 but it cost me more money per deal, but it increased how many deals I was doing. But my average deal is about $30,000. And so, you know, increasing my expenses by a few thousand bucks is no big deal per deal, right? right? So it, it made me go from a, you know, a good amount to making a million two, right? That was one of the big things. So I actually have a YouTube video on my, on my real estate channel called my driving for dollars criteria. So I actually go out for a drive with my driver and we're looking at homes and why we pick a house, why we wouldn't. And in the show notes, there's actually a link for our driving for dollars criteria, our exact cheat sheet. So you guys can actually go and download that and get that to get started. So it's, I give it away for free. You guys can go get it. What was the name of that YouTube channel? The YouTube channel is DFD Mastery. So, so for driving for dollars mastery is the YouTube channel and the video is called driving for dollars criteria. Awesome. Okay. So let's, uh, let's go down the next, uh, the next step now. Okay. So you've amassed the list. We've kind of dissected that a little bit. What's the next strategy? Cause my immediate thought, I'm just going to be honest with you was, okay, he picks up, he tries to find contact info and he cold calls the property owner. It doesn't sound like that's the only thing you do. So what, what's next? Yeah. So uh, if you're just starting this, I suggest you start with postcards, right? We, me personally, I do texting and cold calling and all those things. So that takes a little bit more skill set because it takes some sales skills, right? And if you're new to this, you're going to be throwing deals away that you would have otherwise gotten because you're not as good on the phones yet, right? So I say start with postcards. And the reason is... If someone gets a postcard and they have a property that's a thorn in their side, they'll say, oh, Bobby wants to buy my house. Why in the hell would he want that? Let's call this dude, right? And you're going to get a call and you're going to know that person's interested because he went through the effort of picking up his phone, plugging in the number and either texting or calling you. And if he went through that much work, he is a very motivated seller. Whether he wants to sell at retail or investment, he wants to sell that house, right? So postcards is one of my favorite ways. A lot of people say postcards are dead. They don't work. That's bull crap. We made hundreds of thousands of dollars last year off of postcards. And we keep it simple. We have a handwritten template. My students get my exact template, exactly what we have on it, our exact smelling schedule and all of that. Um, but, but don't overcomplicate it, right? I've tested pictures of the house. I've texted pictures of me and their house, like a selfie type image. I've tried a whole bunch of different stuff. Response rates will change. They'll go up and down, right? Response rates, meaning people that call you and say, go pound sand, like quit contacting me. But that doesn't matter. What matters is how many leads per postcard you send right? That number never really changed. It's very constant, right? It's a very predictable number. Um, and so the, the cheaper handwritten postcards are the cheapest, plus they work just as well. So. God, I was just going to ask you what works the best. So literally just a handwritten note actually works better than a fancy 
cool, uh, you know, thick bound postcard with cool pictures and all that jazz. Amen. Amen. Right. So, so I'm, uh, when I say handwritten, I say handwritten font. I literally don't go write all my postcards, right? There's companies out there that will do a handwritten font and they'll do it in mass. It's very cheap. So my students get as low as 38 cents a postcard. I've negotiated amazing prices for them. So if you're going to go out and hire a company, do not pay more than 45, 50 cents a postcard. That's good feedback. That's good feedback. Okay. So, uh, so postcards first, let's, let's go a little bit further on that. What are the other methods? You mentioned texting, you mentioned cold calling, or is there anything in addition to that? And is there any kind of advice you would give on those two strategies? Yeah. Texting and cold calling, very similar. So texting and cold calling, you're reaching out to someone, they're not reaching out to you. So a lot of these people, you'll get a hold of them. Uh, let's say you cold call someone. You say, Hey, I'm calling you about XYZ address. Uh, you know, I may have the completely wrong number. Do you own that property? They're like, yes, I do. Or no, I don't. What's this about? Anyways, you go into details. Do you want to sell the house? I'm interested in buying it. I can make you a cash offer. And you're going to, you're going to get a couple different answers. A lot of times just pound sand, go die and you just hang up. It's fine. Right. But some of the times they're like, um, no. Right. But they hesitate. That hesitation is key. I saw it in window cleaning, door-to-door sales. I see it in this business. Hesitation is, yes, I do, but I'm not in the mood. Or yes, I do, but what does this entail? Yes, I do, but not yet. It's, it's, it's a yes. So what you do is be like, well, I couldn't help but notice you hesitated. Are you thinking in the next six months or a year? What, what time frame are you thinking of selling it? Right? You just assume they are. And they go, no, 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 I'm really not interested in selling it. No, 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 I don't want to sell it. Right? And you go, okay, never mind. Have a good day. Right. But most of the time when they hesitate, it's, it's yes, I do want to sell because, uh, because of X, Y, Z, I have to wait six months. I have to deal with the eviction. And the cool thing is when you're an investor, you can go, Oh, well, that's cool. I can actually buy it with them in place. Did you realize that? Like I can deal with the eviction and they go, Oh, you could. Oh, wow. What, what, what do you mean? How does that work? It's like, well, you explain the process. We're like, well, I want to add value to where I can. I mean, you can fix it up and sell it and deal with it all yourself and list it with an agent. That might be your best option. Well, I don't want to deal with an agent. I don't want to fix it up. I don't want to deal with the eviction. I want to sell it as is. Okay, well, I'd, be, I'd love to help you then. It sounds like we might be a good fit. It's mutually beneficial, right? Like a lot of, a lot of investors and, and agents that are not experienced in this, in this, in this business they think to get houses at 50 cents on the dollar, you have to be either dishonest or shady or you have to be deceitful in some way. But it's not that at all. It's providing value. It's like, is, am I providing value in this situation? If not, then push them to where their value is. Like, because all that's going to do is add value to you in the long run. It's going to make you build relationships and, and it's, it's so, so important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and when, when I hear you saying this, I'm even thinking to myself again, you know, we're talking to a real estate agent who, you know, is constantly prospecting and, and there's opportunity here, even as a real estate agent. I mean, why couldn't a realtor act as wholesaler and, and really just use it as a way to, to, I mean, yeah, sure. They could get into the investing game, but think about it. You know, if you go in, which I assume in a lot of cases, you're probably putting some money in, into these homes and you're fixing them up and then you're, you're either renting them or selling them. But man, as a realtor, you have a, you have a distinct advantage. Not only can you do oh, all right. that, but then you get to list it on top of it. So you get to basically double dip on, on revenue, right? Yep. 
Yeah. So like if I was an agent, which I'm not right. But if I went into appointment, I, I know so many agents, like I talk to these sellers and like, we've had some agents come over. We don't want to go that way out. It's like, why not? Why didn't you like the agent? Well, they want me to fix this and they want me to do this and they want to list it this way. And it's like, why in the hell is the agent not going, okay, what do you want to do? What's your time frame? How do you want to list it? Like, um, okay. So you want it, you want it under contract in a week. Okay. Well, most likely we'd want to price it here. So we get multiple offers and then we can bid it up. We'll have it under contract seven days. We'll do a 20 day close or um, you don't want to do any fixing. Okay. Well, you might be able to get more if you fix, fix some of these things. Do you want to get more or do you just want to have the convenience factor? Oh, I want the convenience factor. I don't want to fix anything. Then don't try and push your agent or your seller to go FHA. Just list it conventional, price it lower, like get your seller what they want, not what you think that they should want. Don't, don't put your own thoughts of what you think the seller should do onto them. I can't tell you how many times I've had, had, uh, you know, just my mass marketing radio, everything that I do. And I have a seller call me and say, I have a property. I have a property, uh, that I have listed. We'd love to talk to you guys about an offer. So we talk to the seller and, and, you know, we don't learn that till during this conversation that it's actually listed. Right. Or we just call the agent, but we're talking to him about the situation, what they're trying to do. And, and then we go, okay, well, let's get you an offer. It's like, well, you probably need to talk to our agent. It's like, oh, you have it listed. Okay. So we've come to an agreement pretty much with the seller that like, yes, they want to sell. This is how they want to do it. And, and so I'll call the agent, talk about the conversation, tell them what the offer was and what we had agreed to. And the, and the agent immediately goes, well, I don't, I don't think that's in the best interest of the seller. And it's like, what do you mean you don't think that's in the best interest? I just talked to your seller. Like, like, why are you telling me what's in the best interest of the seller before you've talked to your seller? And so I think so many times agents get so involved with what they know and what they've experienced, what they think is best instead of what is best for that seller, right? Yeah. A lot of times it's not just about the money for the seller. It's not. Right, right. Well, that's, that's I mean, I think that's uh, invaluable advice right there for those that forget that it's not just a transaction, right? And, and I think that's, that's pretty awesome, obviously. I mean, you have the experience of a realtor, clearly, uh, because what you're doing is what good realtors do. And the realtors that probably struggle are the ones that are essentially forcing the hand of the seller. And basically you're kind of leading them down a path of, okay, you're letting them maintain control, but giving them the only options that there really are. You're just presenting it differently. Yeah. Yeah. I just, and like the thing is sometimes I don't get paid. Like I help people all the time and I don't get paid for it. Right. But I believe in adding value everywhere because you never know when the history channel is watching, you never know when, when the dude's like just testing the waters and he has 20 other units he wants to sell you. You don't know these things. Like, so I want to give you an example of giving to receive. Okay. So I think, I think this, this is, is going to really help you guys realize my mindset. And one of the things that's brought me so much value in my life. So after that first year of driving for dollars, we did just shy of a half a million and I was blown away. I was humbled. I was grateful um, life-changing experience, but it's, it's all about climbing the mountain, right? It's not about hitting the top. It's about continuing to grow, right? Continually challenging yourself. So I set a goal of a million dollars the next year. I had no idea how I was going to hit it. But when we, when we set a goal, when we set something that we're looking towards, there's a part of our brain that opens up, right? It's just like when we go to buy a certain type of car, we start to see that car everywhere. Our subconscious mind scanning all this information in front of us and telling our conscious mind what's relevant to what we want, right? 
And so I set this huge goal and now my brain's scanning for how can I hit that goal? And I had a, I had a good friend of mine invite me to do a self-help journal called Living Your Best Year Ever. He's like, dude, this thing's awesome. It teaches you how to set three giant goals and how to accomplish them and, and hold yourself accountable and we'll be accountability partners. I was like, boom, let's do it because that's in line with what my goal is. Is like, I need all the help I can get to get to that big goal. So I did this self-help journal and in the journal, it talks about the importance of giving away whatever you want to receive. So as you create these three big goals, you have to also figure out how to give away what it is that you want to receive. So like if you want more love, you have to give love. If you want more money, you have to give money. So my one big goal was make a million dollars. I had to give away a million dollars. It's like, I don't have a million dollars. How do you give away a million dollars when you're trying to make a million dollars? Sounds counterintuitive, right? But I wanted to take it serious because the guy, you know, I respected who had wrote it. I was like, maybe he knows more than I do. So I started thinking, I started pondering, how can I add a million dollars? How can I make a million dollars and give it away and still make a million dollars? It's like, does that mean I have to make $2 million? I was, I was all, you know, I was like, I was up, up late thinking about this. And I thought, hey, I put a million dollars in my business from learning how to find off-market discounted properties. Why don't I find 10 people, teach them, boom, done. Million dollars, easy. Over a million dollars in their business in their lifetime, way over. So I got, I hand-selected 10 people, started teaching them. One of my first students, $113,000 on his first deal. Life-changing quit his job. It's, it's in my YouTube channel. I did a case study on it. I have one student that he was doing all of his deals. He, was, he did like $300,000 in 12 months. His business is going to go to zero because his marketing channel was getting taken away from him because of some privacy law changes. In the first seven months, he was going to exceed his entire previous year just from this new marketing channel. Wow. Right? My students just started crushing it. But guess what happened? They started asking me questions. They started like like making me learn more, making me accountable to being better. Because of those things, I caught mistakes that I hadn't been catching. I did $1.2 million. Like this is just one of the examples of what they helped me with, what they taught me. One of my students like, hey, so when they, when they, so a tracking number is the phone number you put on your postcard, right? And so you can keep track of where leads are coming from. He's like, how do you, how do you set up your CRM system to catch the texting? I figured out the voicemail. So I was like, huh, I don't know. So I went in, I realized everyone that was texting those postcards, I wasn't getting the leads. <laughs> so I went in there and I found a hundred thousand dollars of deals that I closed in the next few months from that mistake right? And missed out on a bunch more, but I found the problem. I made a bunch of money at solving it. You know, like that's just one of the many, many examples of when I started giving, I started receiving. It's just like in the YouTube channel, right? I I did some training videos on how to teach my employees, but it was public and I added so much value to other people. And like, I have other window cleaning people. Like I see the messages on there, like, Hey, I use all your videos for my, my tutorials to train my employees. Like I started adding value accidentally and that's why I got value back, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you guys want to have success, like add value, add value to everything that you're doing always. Well, and I tell you what, that's a, um, that is like the, the, the principles of lab code agents. I mean, that's why Tristan Ahumada founded the group. It was to give back to the real estate community. It was a place for people to, place for people to go uh, to ask questions and share and, yeah. and be next level when it comes to strategies and technologies. And, and you're just validating that that is exactly what works. That's why Tristan's been so successful. That's why people like me have been able to come into this group and, and gain success because of the same principle of never asking 
just give, 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 give. It's, it's less about the jab, jab, hook, like, like Gary Vee says. It's more just about constant jabbing, and it just ends up coming back around. There's got to be a new analogy for that because you're right. And, and it's, but it's a long game strategy that I think a lot of people struggle with because everybody wants that quick buck. They want to go buy the Zillow lead, and they want to make a sale like that. Uh, but that is a perpetual chase when if you actually execute and there's you could go so much deeper. This is another conversation or many conversations for another day. But the, the giving strategy, which is which is a long game. Right. I mean, how long did it take for you? Is This wasn't a quick thing. Right. I mean, you probably gave for a long time before it was reciprocated back to you. 100%. And it's still that way. Like I'm still not where I want to be with how many students I have. I'm still not where I want to be with how much revenue I'm, I'm bringing in because I never will be satisfied, right? I will always will challenge myself. But, but the cool thing is, is I found the equation, right? And the funny thing has been, it's been staring me in the face my whole life, right? It's been kicking all of us. And it doesn't matter where you come from, what your background is, but you know, it's in religion, it's in, the, it's in the scientific world, you can call it karma, you can call it universal law, you can call it the golden rule, you can call it Christianity, you can call it anything you want, right? Like, if you want anything good in this life, you have to give it. And a lot of people will be pessimistic and argue this and say, well, what about the people that do harm and, and make money? Well, well, guess what? That ends up coming back, right? Yeah. They, they, they cut corners for quick, immediate self-gratification, but it burns you in the end. It's like, it's like doing uh, liposuction or, or some type of surgery to take care of an obesity problem instead of tackling the problem and working towards it long-term and, 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 and working on the psychological barriers and the psychological issues and the mental barriers and overcoming a self-destructive habits, right? Because what would happen if you worked on this correctly, it would take you longer to solve the, the obesity problem, like the actual fat cells and storage in your body, right? You can get rid of that quickly, but the, the, the emotional scarring still there right? The, the lack of confidence is still there. The, the skill sets that you need to overcome that issue in your life, it's still there. And that's really what we want to solve and fix. It's not how you look, it's who you are as a person, right? And it's the same thing with, with everything else in life, whether it's personal relationships, uh, your business, your financial life, right? It's all about tackling the problems and and that comes by a long-term strategy like you said constantly jabbing at those problems and overcoming and growing and adding value everywhere you can yeah 100%. i love it i love it uh 100 so i'm gonna i'm gonna take you back real quick one one more question before we start to wrap up and let's go back to your your student that you mentioned that made over 100 grand on their first deal what 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 was something that they applied that you gave them that they attribute to that success well, I can tell you where the deal came from, right? Like, so, so I teach my people, you know, my friends, my family, my students, that real estate investing is all about finding a discounted property. It's not wholesaling. It's not flipping. It's not buy and hold investing. It's not all these things that all these gurus talk about. It's first finding the discounted property, knowing what the seller needs and str strategizing an offer and a deal that's, that helps the seller, helps you and makes money, right? So, if you're not finding discounted properties, you're never going to succeed. So that's the first thing he did is he started his marketing, right? He was traveling for work. You can see the full story, but he was traveling for work. So his wife was driving and the first week of driving, she found the property. Two weeks later, he cold call it from his hotel room while he was traveling in the evening. His mom went on the appointment, which was the agent that was the only one that felt confident to go on the appointments, right? 
and she got it under contract. She didn't know what it was worth though. She had no idea. And they networked with their cash buyers list, found a buyer that paid them over $100,000 above what they had it under contract for, which is just crazy, right? And so, so if you guys are listening to this, you want to find deals, you know, with, with Scott, like his first deal, it's all about finding that deal. I just wanted to share a couple things real quick. I know you said you want to wrap this up, but I, I have, so, so I know a lot of people are like, they feel overwhelmed because there's so much information and like where to go and how to do things. I was up super late the other night. It's been a few months, but I was like, how can I add value to these people? How can I help people that have no experience in this, like crush it and like just go for it and have the confidence and, and how can I give them, you know, the tools, but also the permission, that confidence that's required to go for it. And so I decided I'm going to take a thousand dollars. I'm going to go to a new market I've never been, and I'm going to turn it into $40,000 in 40 days doing what I teach. I have a film crew following me. It's all going to be free content on my YouTube channel. And so um, I just wanted that to be out there that if you guys have any interest, like I want to continue to help you guys navigate that. Awesome. Awesome. So why don't you repeat that one more time just in case somebody just zoned out for a second. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to a new market I've never been. I'm going to take $1,000 and turn it into $40,000 in 40 days doing what I teach. I'm going to document it. It's going to be free on my YouTube channel. That's really, really awesome. Is there any specific criteria that you're looking for? Well, I want it to be warm and sunny. We'll probably end up in Florida because we're going to go in the winter. <laughs> so it'd be fun for my family. I don't want to be too far from Disney because they're going to play while I work like a crazy person. And, but, but more than anything, I'm just going to go there and find off-market discounted properties. I'm going to have to find some investors because I only have a thousand bucks. So like I can't buy the house. I'm either going to have to get connections to pick up the house and sell it. I'm going to have to find other investors to quickly get them from me because in 40 days, I want to have $40,000 to show for it. That's awesome. So that or Southern California, maybe Texas, maybe Arizona. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere warm. I love the ocean too. Um, so I have some, some students in the Florida area that I really like. It'd be kind of fun to hang out with them a little bit too. So it's probably going to be Florida. That's, that's kind of where we're mainly looking now. But yeah, here in, in a few months in January, I don't know when you're going to post this, but January 2021 is when we're headed out. Very cool. Does, um, does COVID have any effect on, on this? We were going to do this the January before. Um, we had plane tickets, Airbnbs, everything lined up um, in Florida. I think we're going to end up in a different place now. But what happened was COVID hit. And I didn't know at the time the, the, the risks that would, would take place to the health of my family. And so I stopped. I canceled this. But looking at the, the numbers, I feel confident to go do this. So my students during COVID, they're still doing deals. I'm still doing deals. I'm doing more deals than I did before just because so many people are like, well, what's the market going to do? I better sell it because who knows? Yeah. Right? yeah so, and I, w- I would probably argue that there's probably a lot of opportunities still coming with uh, forbearance and, and loss of job and all that sort of thing. So do you have any last advice for realtors or investors uh, with that in mind, knowing that uh, the, the potential worse is yet to come? Yeah, continue to educate yourselves, right? Continue to educate yourselves on, on because the thing is we can't control what the market does. We can't control if if the economy goes to crap and there's tons of lay- layoffs and strategy changes from traditional listings and everyone has equity to we're doing a lot of short sales and foreclosures and and stuff that we saw back in 09, 010, 11, right? And so what I would suggest is you're constantly engaged in improving yourselves, becoming better at communicating, become, becoming better at, at closing and selling, get a mentor for whatever you're trying to accomplish, right? Reading books, 
like the, the thing is, is we can't change what we can't change. It's just like the book, um, the seven disciplines of highly uh, successful people, right? Stephen Covey, he talked about the circle of influence and circle of concern. If we're so worried about things we can't influence, our circle of influence will shrink, right? But when we focus on what we can change, his circle of, of influence, that grows and we can make a bigger impact and actually have a bigger uh, platform to make a bigger difference. So focus on what you can affect and what you can change and that's yourself. So improve yourself. Love it. I love it. So Zach, what is the best way for people to find you, get in touch with you, reach out to you? And also, uh, let's give them the YouTube channel so they can go stalk you a little bit. Uh, both the window cleaning one again, as well as the DFD. Yeah. So um, I'm going to give you my website, dfdmastery.com uh, or yeah, dfdmastery.com. And in there, you can access my webinar where I go into depth on finding discounted properties. You can access my YouTube channel, all my social media platforms that I'm on. So you can, you can go there. That's the one place that you can get everything. Um, if you want just my direct YouTube channels, it's window cleaning ventures. And if you want my, um, my uh, real estate YouTube channel, it's DFD Mastery. Driving for Dollars Mastery, just to make that clear to everybody. Yep, DFD, yep. And you are going to learn a heck of a lot of stuff. Now, are you on all the platforms? You on Facebook, Instagram, all of them? Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I don't believe, no, I'm not on Twitter. Sorry, I have a team that helps me with all this, right? Because it's so much. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on TikTok. So just just those, right? F uh, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Well, by the way, get your butt on TikTok. I'm a big proponent of TikTok. It is the future of social media. But you you, you heard it. You probably have heard it from someone else. And now you've just heard it from me. Dude, my wife's addicted to TikTok. She's always like, look at this, look at this. Well, it's it, it, well, it's like any platform. It is, what you, it is what you put into it or get out of it. And there is right. massive, massive, massive opportunity on the platform right now that uh, we, we are big proponents of it. So cool. um, I personally, it. I personally love it, but I love all social media. So I, I really appreciate you. Okay. That's why, that's why I was very intrigued by the YouTube today, because that is something that is of massive value. Um, and honestly, I think that uh, what, what you gave today is, goes back to what's exactly what you said, man, it's all about giving. And you gave so much, so many powerful nuggets uh, that I think a lot of agents are going to be able to either use that in their business, maybe become their own investor, or you know what? Hey, realtor, take this content and go educate your investors. You bring them this kind of value. You end up hooking up with a Zach who ends up, you know, nurturing all of these and creating all of these leads that end up being residential. I mean, how many realtors thought about that? Go find the wholesaler, build a relationship with them, and then you're just passing them off because what are you going to do with them? Yep. That's really awesome, Zach. I really appreciate your time today. Um, again, folks, go check out Window Cleaning Ventures. That's where it all started. Then DFD Mastery, uh, the, the Driving for Dollars Mastery YouTube page, but then DFDMastery.com. Zach Booth, you're a wealth of knowledge. You're an amazing human being. Thank you so much for sharing, and it's been great to uh, get to know you today. Thanks for the opportunity and all, all you listeners, thank you so much. If, if I added any value, if you implement anything in your business, I want to hear about it, right? Like one of the things that I live for is adding value and blessing other people's lives. It's my mission. Yes, money's awesome and fun, but it's not fulfilling. And what's fulfilling to me is helping other people create financial freedom for themselves and their family. So, so yeah, keep me posted on your guys' you know, you know, success and what you've learned. Like shoot me a message. I, I'm here. So Awesome. Appreciate you, man. And uh, continued successes. Awesome. Thank you so much for the opportunity. 
Today's podcast is brought to you by Follow a Boss. Follow a Boss is the real estate CRM that turns every agent into a top performer. Follow a Boss is packed with features, but it's intuitive and easy to use. So agents love working with it and it integrates with everything. Use multiple lead sources. Guess what? Follow a Boss keeps them all organized. Want to try new marketing channels? Switch website providers? Plug them right into Follow Up Boss. Visit followupboss.com forward slash lab coat to see how Follow Up Boss helps you close more deals. That's followupboss.com forward slash lab coat. Lab Coat Agents Podcasts.